The QPR podcast is in association with 101greatgoals.com. For post-match Premier League press conferences, FIFA 15 videos, freestyle clips and much more, subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash 101greatgoalsyt. QPR! Hello and welcome to the QPR podcast. I'm David Fraser and I'm joined this week by three other QPR fans. We have Paul Finney from Indiars. I'm so happy I'm jumping with joy. <laughs> <laughs> And Chris Charles from BT Sport. Can't follow that. I'm with him. And we have from Independent Isles. No. And we have from Loft for Words. Steady. We have from Loft for Words. I don't Uh, think they'd have me. Clive. Clive Whittingham. How are we doing? They definitely wouldn't have me. Very good. We've got a really good show tonight. We've got a massive interview with Les Ferdinand, or as someone on Twitter called him, and which is potentially the name and title of this podcast, Ledge Ferdinand. Um. He's uh, coming up. He's going to be on the phone uh, for us later on. I gather he's driving, so hopefully that will be all right. Um, before we go into, in particular, the Spurs game and everything else, um, just to remind you where you can find us, listen to us. We're, we're at a new place now. Um, you won't find us on the on the on all the old stuff. We're no longer making our podcast with Playback Media. So, new website is qprpod.co.uk. On Twitter, at qprpod. And if you go to our website, you can find all the episodes that we've recorded so far there. Okay, gentlemen, 48 hours ago as we're recording on Monday night, Spurs, who would like to begin? I'm looking at Clive, you, Clive. Well, it was just the same game as uh, as Wednesday night, really, wasn't it? Just repeated North London opposition 2-1 defeat. It's it's something different every week. We're not getting thrashed. So, you know, I remember last time we got relegated from the Premier League, there were horrendous games, you know, that Liverpool game where we were three nil down at half time and stuff like that. And at the moment we're not getting thrashed. We're we're ju- we're losing every week by the odd goal for different reasons. Like this week Is it any better than getting thrashed? Mm, Yeah, because I can see that they're trying. They're at least trying. Whereas last last time I actively hated most of our players. (laughs) This time I can at least see that they're they're trying their best. Um, And and we're just not quite there. This week you can look at the refereeing decisions and the defending against Arsenal. You can say we, we maybe made a mess of the substitutions and it was player fitness at Hull. Joey Barton let us down. You know, the week before that, it was something else against Man United. Vargas went through on the goal and messed up. It's it's something different every week. So you can put it down to individual mistakes if you like and whatever. But we're just we're not quite good enough at the moment. And if you look at the games we have won, we haven't beaten anybody higher than thirteenth in the league. And the thirteenth team that we did beat is West Brom. And at the time we beat them, I think they were eighteenth. So I don't think we've beaten anybody higher than basically sixteenth in the league, which is Sunderland. And what's the makeup of the teams that we've got for the next nine games? Well, they are good. You know, under. Well, you know, you're not going to stay up just by beating the bottom three, are you? And you know, we've got Everton, Newcastle, and West Ham who are all coming to us who aren't in great form. We're going to have to win some away games as well. Leicester and another possibly Villa. We don't look like we're going to do it. We don't look like we're good enough. 
How many it, how many points do we need to stay up though this season? Because I mean the benchmark is normally sort of thirty six, thirty seven. But I think this season there's, there's there's so many poor teams, including ourselves, um, that I think the benchmark might be a little lower than that. Those five wins would do it, I think. Yeah, that'd be thirty-seven points, which um, I, I think would I think would probably do it. I'm looking maybe thirty-four, thirty-five. Yeah, I haven't put a point wins, on it, wouldn't it? Yeah. What did you make of Saturday, Chris? Well, um, I'll start with the good bits because, um, alas, my daughter couldn't go. Um, That's a like? good bit. No, no, no. I love going with my daughter. <laughs> but it did mean that I could meet Clive, Clive and the gang in, in, uh, in the pub before. And so that was quite enjoyable. And, uh, and it all went downhill from there. <laughs> yeah, and it all went downhill from there. Clive what, and the gang. Clive and the gang. With there, a K. There is a, but there, is a, there is a band with, with a rude word called Something and the Gang, who I've seen before. But um, it's, not, got, it's not very appropriate. Chelsea and the gang. It's not Clive, though. Chelsea um, and the gang. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that is a very rude word. No, I mean, I think um, I think it's Arsenal and Spurs. I mean, we haven't we haven't been dreadful by any stretch of the imagination. As Clive mentioned, you know, um, there's there's many excuses you, you you can you can you can make them. I did think the referee though. I mean, his name was you know I'm, this is a joke that Finney's going to cringe at, but his name was Craig Pawson, and I thought he was very <laughs> poor son to be honest. Um, I mean, I, I, the, the the handball thing. I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, it it, it couldn't have been any more clear a penalty if someone had like put a big arrow over his hand and and showed it on the big screen. Mm. And then we had another incident where the the keeper um, took out one of our boys, um, Eastler, I think it was. And I don't know, we just don't seem to be getting the rub of the green. I know people say that when you're, when you're down the bottom, you don't get the luck. But I mean, and I, I believe that referee has given us two penalties already this season. Both questionable, what? yeah. Yeah, he, well, there you go. Opening day of the season, we got a questionable penalty against Hull and yeah. he gave it. And against West Brom, we, you know, we got a penalty that ordinarily you would see not given and, and he gave that as well. So it's not bias or anything, it's just... Bad referee. It was just bad referee. It's a bad time for the referee. Yeah, I mean, but that's the goals we could have scored. The goals we let in were were pretty horrendous. I mean, Rob Green had a bit of a shocker, to be fair. Um, yeah, uh, three goals in three games. I think he's cost us yeah. now, which is a shame because he was playing well. And Rio Ferdinand had two decent games for us uh, with his comeback, and then he sort of reverted to type, unfortunately, on Saturday. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it's one. It is frustrating if they'd hammered us four 0 in some ways. I'd have just taken my medicine and thought, well, that's it. But because we've showed a bit of promise against Arsenal and Tottenham, I still don't think those nails are hammered into the coffin yet. No. And I still think that given if we, if we put that same performance against Crystal Palace and Everton, and as I said in the last podcast I was on, I looked at that as four games where we need to get 12 points out of, uh, sorry, six, <laughs> six points out of. And um, I still think we can do that. But if we lose against Palace and don't get anything against Everton, then I think we are finally down. Paul, what do you think of Saturday? Um, it is what it is, wasn't it? Um, we defended too high for the the first free kick, and he scored. Second goal, we were again trying to pay an offside rule that no one seems to know what we're doing, and it was like smoke signals at some point um, <laughs> because it was kind of follow me, no follow you, no follow me. Um, and you leave someone like Harry Kane, who's young, he's trying to impress. You got the England manager there. Of course, he's going to try and take his chances. It's it's ridiculous to give him that much room, that much space and they they punished us and yeah the, it was definitely penalty the first one I can the referee's angle you can kind of see why I didn't give it because it takes a few times on TV to see it was a crafty one from the keeper though if I was playing five aside obviously not in the box but even if we weren't oh, right, 11 aside um, you'd be proud of that one as a goalkeeper because yeah, that, that's yeah, quite well, a nice one it's, it's crafty it's kind of flat I've took him out no one noticed 
He didn't notice. Great. Second one, Mr. Magoo refereeing. <laughs> you know, it was. It was and so he had a better view than half of the stadium. Well, to be he was fair, in front of <clears throat> it was. And, and to be fair, if, if, but then, what? My biggest, and this is saying going to sound ridiculous to everyone tonight. My biggest memory of Saturday is when they scored the first goal and the whole ground went, oh, a massive groan. Mm. Because that I sums up our season. We were talking before the game, the most before the uh, podcast. Sorry, the most disappointing thing about the first goal is finally we learnt the dark yeah. art of stopping a counter attack with a deliberate foul. Because we have conceded so many times this season with teams rampaging down the field, we finally did it. We finally kicked someone, stopped the counter attack, get the defence back in shape, and then you concede a goal like that off the free kick. But the collective groan comes about because. We were doing okay, and, and and if anything, we 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 looked like we were going to score, and 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 Charlie again, like carried the team really on Saturday. I mean, he was man of the match for, for, for us, lot by by a country mile, um, and he, he he scored a great goal again. I mean, he he, he rattled the woodwork, and he went close a couple of times. Um, he cleared I, one I, off his own line. He cleared one off his own <laughs> line as but well. Does that just say, does that yes. say, say the whole thing about our season is our best defender's been a main striker as well? Um, because he seems to be able to do things that the defence just look at. Go, oh, there's Charlie doing clean off the line again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the, the goal, the goal came from Charlie crossing off the right wing. You know, it was just, it was ridiculous. He, he was trying to play every position. So why is that? Because he's, I think he's, re- he's just trying to carry the team, isn't he? He knows the team's Literally. in difficulty. Mm. We've got decent players that aren't able to play now, and. Austin has grown into a Premier League striker. I thought he looked a little bit. He's doing so much more than he was out of his depth. He's doing so much more that I think I just pretended he'd scored the goal there. (laughs) I haven't done one since since before the Arsenal game, (laughs) so I think my memory is playing tricks. So apologies to Sandro for that. Yeah, yeah, it's very similar. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay, listen. Let's talk about Charlie after. Let's go to. Les now, who's hopefully waiting for us on the phone. Uh, Sir Les, if you don't mind. Uh, I beg your pardon. I beg your pardon. That was actually a mispronunciation. Yeah, well, I, I used to call him Big Les. No, was it, was, it was actually the chant was, say Leslie Ferdinand. Yeah, yeah, that's Leslie right. Ferdinand. Say Leslie Ferdinand. And someone who I won't mention got it wrong and thought it was so Leslie Ferdinand, but it was Tony wasn't. Incenzo? Is he here? <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I don't. I, it's a I big know studio, true, but, but I, don't I think, think, he's I think it fits there. well. I know it, was a, I know it was misheard, but no, I think it, so it Les works. it fits well. Um, Chris, over to you. Hi, Les. It's Chris here. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Yourself? Very well, thanks. How are you enjoying your new uh, is it director of football? Or is it director of football? Is that the proper title? Yeah, that's the proper title. Yeah. Um, I was probably doing. I was probably doing the same things as head of uh, football operations, but um, I've just changed the title. Okay. Can you just clarify for us exactly what that job entails? Because um, I know there's some people. Um, not quite sure exactly what uh, your duties are. Well, my my, my duties are to, to look after the club as best I can, um, from the top right to the bottom, um, to help the manager in, in terms of you know transfers coming in, players in, players going out, um, and also to to work from you know as far as the owners are concerned, they want to now be in a position where. We're producing players that come through our system and play in the first team. So it's, it's my place to put the right coaches in place, lower down, and also to make sure the, the scouting structure's right so that we're starting to produce our own players and um, you know, have a system where players come through our, our development phase into the first team. Uh, Les, it's David here. Uh, 
there, in that answer there, and also previously in other interviews, um, there's, there's a lot of focus on youth, and I think a lot of people will be very pleased about that. Is, your, is part of your job also recruiting the players for the here and now as well from you know, the Premier League and across the Football League, or is it just on, yeah. on the youth? No, my, my, my remit is to, you know, to, to, to work with the manager. Um, and, and the way I see this role working um, is that the manager says he, he might say, oh, I need to play certain players in certain positions. And it's up to me to go out and find him four or five options for each position that he wants. Um, as as in, the, in the remit of the budget of the, the, the football club, um, I, then, I then identify players of the ilk that he wants. And it's, and it's his choice to, to pick who he, he, wants, who he feels will be the right mix for, for Greensboro Rangers and, and the team that he's trying to build. And are, are you are you sort of allowed to wander on the training ground now and again, for instance, to work with the likes of, of Charlie and Bobby, which would which would obviously um, would suit you down to the ground, or, or do you just strictly um, stay to what to, to looking after the, the youth and, and getting the players in? I think um, the unusual part to me is that I've. I've done all my um, I've done all my coaching badges. I'm in the middle of doing my pro license at the moment, so I've got that side of it as well as the the, the side that I'm doing now. And um, so I think you know, as far as Chris is concerned, um, you know, if I can come out and, and give a, a, a helping hand, a lending hand, he's more than delighted to see me out on the training pitch, and I like being out on the training pitch. And also, from from, from my perspective. Um, if I'm watching the first team, I'm, you know, and if I can help, I help. If I'm, if I'm helping the under-21s, if I'm helping the 18 when he does say to me, Les, I, might, I need a right back, I might be able to say to him, well, look, we're able to go and sign a senior left, with, uh, a senior right back because in a couple of years' time, we might have a youngster coming through who I might feel is able to, to fill that slot and that senior player might be able to help develop that young player as well. So, there's, you know, there's, Les, is it is it difficult to to switch from obviously the policy before, which was to buy a lot of players, and obviously a lot of youth team players weren't coming through? Is it difficult to switch to that in the middle of a season, or have, have circumstances sort of dictated that we've decided now is the time? But we're obviously in the middle of a relegation battle. Is it is is it difficult to switch at this point? I mean, it's it's, it's not difficult because. We can't buy anyone right now. Um, so whatever we're doing, we're doing for next year anyway. Um, I, I think the remit's changed. And I think, you know, everybody knows the owners have put a lot of money into the club. Um, back the managers that they've had in the past to bring the players that they've wanted into the club. We've spent a lot of money. And it hasn't always been fruitful. And I think they're now seeing that side of it and saying, well, I understand that. I don't believe next year we'll have a, a, a team of under-21s or a team of under-23s because I do believe you need a couple of experienced pros in there to, to, to guide the players through. So it, it's just having that mix and that blend that, that, that you can um, look at the team and say, right, we've got legs in there, we've got players that can run around and we've got old heads that can guide those players and that's what, that, that's what we're looking for. And, and was there an obvious clash between that policy that you guys seem to want to install now and the previous manager who was in charge? Um, no, the, the, the previous manager did what he does and, and he's been very, very successful at it. You know, Harry Byers has always bought players um, and ready-made players that go into a team and he knows how to put a team together. 
or he has done in the past, and um, he's been very successful doing it. I think the club and uh, the, the the chairman and the, and the owners have decided that you know they've pl- plugged a lot of money into it. It hasn't worked as well as they'd like to to have worked, so they need to try a new model. Uh, Les, we've had questions on Twitter. One's from Pete Kernick asking, has planning started for next season covering either scenario, i.e. whether we stay up or, God forbid, we go down? Yeah, we've been, we've been planning from sort of like day one when we got in there. Um, you, ne- you never stop looking at players. Um, and, you, and obviously, you've got to have two hats on because of the predicament we're in. But, you know, we're trying to stay positive and, and hopefully just plan for the, the Premier League. But no, um, we want players at the club that... Doesn't matter what division we're in, they want to, they want to be there. Does that go back to the time? Sorry, Les, it's Paul here. Um, years ago, when when you joined the club yourself from Hayes and the Impey came in, Kevin Gallon came through the yep. youth ranks, and we basically scouted lower leagues every game, every week to find ready-made replacements. Are we going to go back to that kind of structure? Yeah, we're hoping to to, to, to have that structure in place. As well as, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying we'll never go into the transfer market again and buy someone for 10, 15 million pounds. I'm not saying we'll never do that. But what we also want to do is, is, is have some of that because Queen's Park Rangers in the past have been renowned. You know, you mentioned, you know, myself, Andrew Impey, Kevin Gallen, you know, Bradley Allen came through the ranks. You know, probably Lord Michael Mika, Morris Stoll. You know, we had so many come through the ranks at the, at the club. You know, Trevor Sinclair... Came for a little bit of money and, 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 and sort of like went on, and you know we did that a lot. And you know, back then we were seen as a selling club. Um, we don't want to be that, but we just want to get the right blend so that we're competitive and we're, we're constant in the Premier League. Uh, and Les, what will you see as success in your job? What do you want to personally achieve and see? And, and what what timescales are you working towards? I mean, uh, for me, it's uh, the, the speaking to the owners where they want the club to be. It's a successful, um, sustainable Premier League side. And for me, success would be making sure we're able to do that. Making sure that we're having a, a stream of youngsters that um, can come through our, our development squad and get an opportunity to play in the first team. That would be, that would be success for me. Les, I mentioned Charlie Austin earlier. Um, I mean, as everyone knows, he's been absolutely phenomenal this season, as he was last season. Um, Roy Hodgson, I I think you might think he's been at the last two home games. Uh, Would you be happy to see him um, be selected for the next England squad? And do you think he's got a realistic chance of of being selected? Yeah, I certainly do. I certainly would do. Um, You know, he's been fantastic for us um, this season. And, um, you know, a lot lot of people have said to me... um, well, you know, without Charlie's goals, where would you be? But I said to them last year, they said that about Arsenal. They said, you know, every year one of the big clubs are mentioned, if they hadn't scored all their goals, where would they be? That's his job, he's sent forward. You know, we got him because we know he can score goals. Um, and unfortunately, he's done it this season. He's done it, done it well for us this season. So um, I'd love to see him selected. I think it would be uh, merit for, the, for, for his performances this season in front of goal. Uh, Les... Let me tell you about 20 years. There was a time that uh, QPR had a striker who scored a lot of goals in a certain season and then they sold him. And many people see that as kind of the beginning of the bad times, um, which was you. I'm talking about you. Now, fast forward to today. Are we going to have yep. history repeat itself with Charlie Austin 
leaving in the not too distant future? We're certainly hoping not. Um, the history doesn't repeat itself. Um, you know, Charlie's got uh, you know just over a year left on his well, more than a year left on his contract, and um, he's not someone we 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 want to replenish the, the the squad. We don't want to be losing any of our our, our best players. Um, so. You know, we'll be trying our best to come the end of the season and make sure that Charlie signs up and stays. Um, but again, you know, what we do understand is players are ambitious and um, sometimes they want to look elsewhere, but we'll be doing our best to make sure that we give them the opportunities to stay and play in the Premier League and um, everything that he needs. Uh, Les, um, as far as the youth players go, obviously you're working quite closely with them. I hope they've been given instructions to call you Sir Les. <laughs> <laughs> I think that happens automatically, to be honest. Is <laughs> <laughs> the right answer, yeah. And, and I mean, just just while we're on, mate. I mean, obviously we we we're facing an uphill task, but Arsenal and Tottenham, and they were never going to be easy games. Do you, do you, is is the mood still good in the dressing room? And do you think we can get out of it? I think the mood is the, the, the mood's really good in the dressing room, and I know uh, at the end of at the end of the day, you can play as well as you like. The only thing that matters is, is if you get the results. But you know, we have to look at the players that that are missing from our from our squad at the moment. You know, Richard Dunn has done fantastically early part of the season for us. Out, Leroy Fur, who we just felt that it had come into the kind of form we wanted him to be in from the start of the season. We lost him, Joey Barton's out. So I think, you know, we've been coping well. You know, Sandro was out for a long time and just coming back. So we've been unfortunate with the injuries and the, and, and the missing bodies that we've had. But I think the mood is still good because I feel like the players have felt that we're on the front foot. We've got to cut out the little fundamental mistakes that are costing us at the moment. Um, and I know I'm saying that with 10, 10 games to go. But those are the little things that have been cost, costing us. And I think everybody recognises that in the changing rooms. Not that we've played badly. I think early part of the season, um, you know, against Tottenham, again, West Ham, I saw us get cut open right, left and centre. That's not happening at the moment. It's just little fundamental mistakes. We can cut them out and perform how we've been performing um, we're going to win more games than we lose. And, and finally, finally, Les, just before we go, a lot of people, we had a couple of questions on Twitter um, about the young players. We've seen three get into the first team in the last few weeks. What can we? What have QPR fans got to look forward to, hopefully in the next few years, from uh, Comley and, and Grego Cox and Darnell Furlong? I think, um, you know, you, you've had a little taste of Darnell Furlong, you know, played, played a couple of games and done extremely well. Unfortunately, again, he got injured uh, for the last game. Uh, Greg O'Cox, I'm, I'm really excited about. I think um, in time to come, um, I like his energy. Play today, scored in the, in, in the development squad. Um, and I think he's won that in, 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 you know, in a year's time. He'll be pushing for a, a first-team place. So I think, um, you know, Connolly as well, we, I think we've got some good, good young players coming through. And... We haven't we haven't done these players haven't come in the in the side to prove a point. Unfortunately, we've you know we've had injuries and and and, and when we look down the list, these boys have had to play um, or had to come into the side. I mean, at the weekend, you know, we had Vargas, uh, Troy, and uh, Zarati pull out uh, injured on the Friday, so these boys had to come into the to, into the into the fray. And um, the pleasing thing is that they didn't look out of place. Um, they've not looked out of place, so. Um, there's progression for you and hopefully we'll have some more of them coming through. Nice one, mate. That's that's exactly what we want to hear and obviously we've got everything crossed that we do stay up but um, no, I mean, as, as, as speaking on behalf of all of us, um, it's quite encouraging already the little green shoots that are coming up So, uh, and it's great to see you back at the club. It's great 
to be back at the club. Um, everyone knows QPR's in my heart, and I feel like I've come home. I think we're quite glad to have him back, aren't we? Yeah, it's it's. Uh, I was going to say something, but I'm not going. Yeah, carry on. The only well, thing is, if he gets it wrong, it's a huge legacy that he's playing with, isn't he? But how can he get it wrong? Though? Because I, I think, per- personally, I think before he came, or anyone came, we were down anyway. Um, we made the management change too late. Transfer window was gone. You can't blame Ramsey, you can't blame Ferdinand. We have to accept what happens in the future and we have to go around that and try and rebuild Clive. You don't seem to... Try and rebuild Clive. (laughs) (laughs) Let's rebuild Clive. That's an operation that's beyond even that. (laughs) Go on, you can disagree, it's fine. I I think you'd you'd have to be deranged. If this goes wrong, you'd have to be deranged to blame Les Ferdinand for it. Tony Fernandez has worked his way through three managers and a chief executive. And 160 million quid. And we're exactly where we were when we started crap team, bottom of the Premier League. How, like, if this goes wrong, then fair enough. You know, we, we tried something up. But it, surely it's, Tony, it's all Tony Fernandez's legacy. It's not Les Ferdinand's legacy. But can you change your whole, can you change your whole mindset, your whole wage bill, your whole construct? mid-season when you haven't got a training ground when you well, haven't that, got any of these things in place that's yeah. what worries me yeah, I mean and, and actually that's that's probably something we should have asked him but equally probably something he wouldn't have been able to answer because well you can't um, because we haven't got one yeah um, but that to, for, for all this youth stuff to work we've got to have a proper policy in place we've got to have a decent training it's ground five years in, in advance yeah talking, but it does it yeah so the problem with QPR is all the the, the short term and the instant judgement and I know you know we won at Sunderland and I, I was on the podcast after the Sunderland game and we were talking about a feel-good factor and we've lost, what, three games since and now we're talking about Ramsey's an idiot, we're definitely well, down. I don't think he's well, we're not he's Because not when we that. talk about long-term, the short-term strategy is to talk long-term, isn't it? It's almost you tactically talk long-term. But if we go down and then the first 10 games next season, you know, we oh, lose yeah. them all, and we're, but then forget the long-term strategy. Do you, do you know what I mean? That that's the problem. It's kind of it's almost fashionable to talk about long term, but until it ha- actually happens, who knows? No, well, no, of course, of course, it's it, it's the trendy thing at QPR to talk long term and do you know talk and about do short term and talk about young kids coming into the team and you know if we go down as looks quite likely and if we start next season badly, it'll all you know be thrown out and whatever although, the Twitter says will be back in fashion. Although to be fair, we're not talking about bringing young lads into the team we have actually brought them into the team mm. now um, although I do think possibly Furlong was taken out of the firing line um, because I mean e- equally you know he's playing against one of the best players in the world who would have done most right backs I think um, uh, against Arsenal but um, I, what I was the, the only thing uh, it, yeah. yeah, but the only thing I would say um, with Ramsey is he's actually got this policy of putting square pegs in square holes. And I was a bit disappointed to see Phillips shunted back over to the left wing when he's done so well on the right. Mm. Um, I found that really odd. Yeah. On, the, on the furlong point with Sanchez, and I mean, Sanchez is exceptional, so that's fair enough. But I don't think we had anybody fit enough to play right back other than Furlong. So I'd rather right. see Furlong given a go because, it, you know, if he's playing championship wingers next year, he'll be better for that yeah. experience. But also, we're in the Premier League. When is he going to play against a bad winger? Yeah, uh, but yeah. but also Anua, who I think he, he he you know the chief, I've been saying all season should be at centre back. And when he's at centre back, I mean he covers himself in glory as far as I'm concerned. He was back on the right. The only thing I can think of 
was that because of his injury, that horrific uh, injury that you posted up on Lawful Words <laughs> with his cheek like uh, ripped in two, that, that, that maybe being centre-half, um, he, when he's going to be heading balls all game, maybe he wanted to you know, shunt him out to the right. But Oliver Brett on Twitter asks, does Hoyler offer anything at all? He's a winger that can't cross, beat a man or shoot. Tell me... Would prefer Sean Wright Phillips to him. What? Good, uh, no, 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 not me, not me. Well, I was going to say, tell me all these other left-wing options we're swimming in, but if somebody considers Sean Wright Phillips an option, then I, I give up, I pass Finney. This is more than he does. Um, <laughs> oh. um, no, I mean, sure, <laughs> that, that, that was a weird substitution. I mean, the, the, the Cranshaw went through Arsenal, through everyone, but Sean Wright Phillips coming on when he did on, on Saturday kind of just made everyone just cross their arms and go I, I'm not sure about this and I think that was a bad 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 decision because it we're not, apparently we're not playing Vargas because he's not training well or something he was injured he was injured Saturday the, the Sean Wright Phillips thing I don't understand at all. it did nothing more than waste our own time exactly. the Crenshaw thing in the week again tell me with the injuries we've got who are all, Sandro could only play for 50 minutes or an hour tell me all these other central midfield options we had on Wednesday and the hilarious thing is, not three months ago, we were just saying how it's ridiculous our midfield is so overloaded with players that we could, we could possibly play. And now this sort of curse has come down. Fur, when he's finally played in his right position, he's finally looking the sort of player we, we, we paid 10 million for. And then he gets crocked and he's out for the rest of the season. Um, and, and, and then it just seems to have a knock-on effect from there. Tarabd is apparently injured. I mean, I say apparently because you never know who Tarabd is. Dave McIntyre said on the on the Twitter over the weekend that Ramsey's not the sort of manager that will pick you if you're not doing well in training. So right. I don't think it's a great surprise not that we're the sort of manager who would. So he would drop someone if they he won't consider. Well. Sorry, he won't consider you if you're doing poorly in training. So Got I don't it. think it's right. a great surprise that we're not seeing a lot of Adele and Zarate. But the Fur point is a good one because although Fur hasn't played well and doesn't have a lot of supporters, I really like Fur, and I thought at Sunderland we saw him in his correct position and being used right with Phillips going down the right and him up through the middle and it looked great. I know Sunderland aren't great, but it looked really good and it's just our luck that he got injured. Yeah. Just, you know, he played left wing all year poorly, fit as a fiddle and the first time we put him in his correct position he looks good, he does his knee. So there is a degree of unluckiness to it. Yeah, absolutely. With nine games left? Ten. Is that what we've got? We've got ten games left. Yeah. I'm going to ask all three of you, yes or no, do you think we will be a Premier League team next year, Clive? Yes. <laughs> still, still. I just say Everton are playing so poorly, they're, and they're in. They've got Dynamo Kiev on the Thursday, and then they're coming to us. Oh, don't give me your other teams' fixtures. You, you, you no, lured think, me look, in with Spurs on that one. No, for, yeah, Spurs well, have got Fiorentina and, right. and the Carling. No, almost certainly no. And I'm usually always the one that says no, but. I yes. like that you said yes. yes. It's, it's unlikely, but ask me after everything. I said on the last podcast I was on, we've got four games coming up. We need to get six points out of them. Um, Arsenal Spurs is a big ask. Palace away and Everton are winner. But if we get six points out of those, do big if, then it's the, the great escape is on. I'm actually not so fussed about Palace. If we lose to Everton... Oh, yeah, that's then it. I, that's I'm, all, I'm, that's straight, it. I'm straight in the no camp. That, that's gone. Yeah. Maps out to Rotherham. Was that a yes, then? I'm saying Yes. <laughs> Yes, Paul, we can. I mean, who knows? I mean, the thing is, I, 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 I always try to be confident, but I, I, I've, 
I'm on a short fuse today. You wouldn't notice, but I'm not in a good mood today. Right. Uh, you know, this is away from the podcast. Um, and I just cannot see five wins from ten games. We've only won six all season, so I'm, I'm thinking... Don't need five wins. But but We do. We do. Ah. You, you do need five wins. We're going to need five wins. At least. And when you put it like that, Four neither, and two neither can I. No. But I'm looking at the other teams, and that's Ever- what Everton gotta, are playing that's what poorly. Do. That's West Ham are poor. Newcastle are poor. We can... It's like, not just about us getting five wins. Are Villa going to get four wins? Are uh, whoever... Uh, no, but do you know what I mean? It's not just yeah, but, about. But us. But it is, a point. I mean, it, it is one. There's one team from five is taking that third place. The thing is, Villa. I mean, I, I said to you in the pub, didn't I? That everyone's comparing Ramsey to Sherwood. This is irrelevant. The Sherwood Ramsey argument is null and void in my book because Villa have always had better players than us. Whether we like it or not, we're QPR fans. Villa have got much better players. Of course they have. Yeah, yeah. So to turn Villa around isn't that much of a big ask. We always, th- I always thought that coming into the QPR job, when whoever took it over, was a massive ask. You got a squad that's no legs, low on confidence, and basically, you're looking at it. There's not a lot of quality there. And I, mean, I look at it on Saturday, I think who's going to do the killer pass? Who's going to go put the ball in? Who's going to do this? Austin's coming back trying to look for himself all the time. We haven't got that killer passing is sometimes and, and it's sadly to say it, I think the other teams have and that's what worries me but then against Arsenal and Spurs we had chances we hit the bar we, no, we, we, we you know the, 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 but I you always felt they didn't step it up against decisions us decisions went against us and you know I can say you can say they were in third fourth whatever gear you like but equally I think there was enough in there to give me heart that we can go to the likes of Palace mm. we can play Everton. four of our next five games are against relegation rivals um, with the exception of the, the, the team you can't mention um, but how many times have we really good at how many times have, no, three, I know, have, but, have but, you thought but this, this, is what, is, this is not good yeah, but this is what any football fan does at this time of the season no, they look Chris, at how they can possibly get okay, out of it go, unless you're a complete <laughs> pessimist go, and you've, go, you've, you've go back a few years to Huddersfield away yes right it was, we, a, it was a big day enjoyed yeah, that one we all went up there Despite the fact they took the piss and got really good at two weeks later, it doesn't matter. Um, which is massively <laughs> yeah, funny. That was funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's is that how far from the end of the season that was and we got relegated? Yeah, we, we, got, we got the relegated the in their penultimate home game and they celebrated because they thought the win had kept them mm. up. They lost their last two games I, and then, and then got relegated on the far away day. from the end but what of the I'm season. Is, it was. You can kind of see in a team sometimes, you can kind of see a pattern yeah, developing. Yeah, I know, I know. Yeah. I know, but yeah, yeah, but then, you know, maybe the Hull fans can see that in their team, maybe the Villa fans can see I don't think Hull are going to Okay. Well, we'll, well if we won five, if we need five, we I won five out of ten two years. I know what you did say before we came on, Paul was right, is that teams aren't having to play very well to beat us. That is fairly concerning. Well, if we're coming mm. to the R's end, can I do my yes. first? Because this is totally relevant to this. Let's do I've that. Once again, R's written, end, written, down the, written down the, the fixtures. So, next up, Palace away. Um, what, we, what would we do? Would we take a point there? Zero points. You, don't, you think zero? I say. I, I'm kind of with Clive on Palace's home form isn't great. Their away form has been good. Palace not home form. But we've played better teams than Palace and, and run them close. So, I, I'm going for one point there. Okay. Everton at home, I'm going for three. Yeah. Uh, West Brom away. I mean, this is my Go heart on. You're at four head, points. But, but I'm, 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 we're on 26 I'm so thinking, far. I'm, I'm thinking a point there. Okay. Chelsea at home, nine points. No. Chelsea at home, again, I mean, I'll, I'll take a point. Weirdly, Chelsea oh, well, at home. Right, okay. Weirdly, Chelsea That's at home. We need to hope that they beat PSG. Yeah, it's going to be it because we are much more likely to beat Chelsea at home at 5.30 on a Saturday than we are at 1.30 on a Sunday. So it all revolves around beating PSG for them. Yeah. So when we play them. 
it doesn't all revolve around that, but it would help if we played them at five thirty. On okay, a we're on five points. That's going to be the, it's going to be a really subdued atmosphere if it's at five thirty on a Saturday, isn't it? Exactly. Villa away on a Sunday. Villa West Brom <laughs> proved that. Not what can happen. Villa yeah. away, we're going to win. Hold I, on, how I, many points are we getting out of the Chelsea game in your uh, world? Well, yeah, well, I hope one, but probably not. <laughs> All right, let's yeah. say, so, so far that's your five points. Okay, Villa away, yes, we're going to win that. Okay, eight points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mid-table. Uh, we're on 22 you, at the moment, aren't we? Europa League is beckoning. Yeah. So that's 30. West Ham, uh, I think a point there. Yeah. Liverpool lose, Man City no, lose. No, we look, if we're going to stay up, we need to beat West Ham at home. Yeah, but I'm um, the this queues on, on the road. Go You'll go in a minute. Look, you can, they, go on. Go they on. know that Bilic is going to be the manager yeah. next year. They've already given up on it. Go, go on. Go on. Um, go on. Liverpool away, no. Man yeah. City away, yeah. no. Yeah. Newcastle home, yes. We'll get three. And that takes us down 12 to points. That takes us to 34. And, going that, and then it Leicester, goes into Leicester. Last game of the season, yeah. who will be down. So, there you so go. So, it's whether it goes back to what Kevin Gallon said last week. They might actually, with no pressure on them, they, they're quite. Teams are quite dangerous on that last game. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Was that your answer? That was it, really, yeah. I just... um, But what I don't like about looking at the fixtures, especially when you're down here, because you've got home away, home away, they always read ha, 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 ha. (laughs) And uh, it's it's, it's not great when you're you're feeling depressed enough anyway. Brilliant. Um, Thanks, Paul. All I... I actually wanted to ask you a question on on the R's end, my R's end, which was, has anybody seen the story of QPR? Yes. What did you think? It's very good, actually. I was surprised because they, they, they've been doing it for four years and there's some young kids in the community who've kind of stumbled into this whole structure. More or less, Gadawa, Andy Evans and, and the actual... I can't pronounce the words properly. The foundation that worked with him over the last few years. And that was, I was, it'll bring you to tears. The last, you've got to be a cold-hearted bastard to sit there for the last five minutes and not You're cry. looking straight at me when you say that. <laughs> <laughs> We've got previous. Yeah. Um, no, but you, you have to be because it's the most amazing... Because I'm sure when they started filming this four years ago, if someone had walked up and said, by the way, when you finish this in May, this is what's going to happen, they would have gone, thank you very much, God. Not knowing what was going to happen and have that outcome mm. it makes you realise... It finishes on Zamora. The wee bit of the journey would ah, be... Ah, yeah, it, of course, yeah. Sorry, back in the room. Um, and that, I was just transfixed by your story. No, but yeah. and, and it's kind of like you actually feel like getting up and running up the stairs yourself and singing Bobby some more. And it was brilliant. And also the kids have done it; they've all gone on to bigger things as well. They've, a lot of them got jobs from somewhere else. And I ruined it by being on it, um, which is unfortunate. And I do apologise. Feel free to boo me. I did fully deserve yeah. it. I should be on it. It's is our live podcast on it? No. Okay. But we are mentioned in the in the credits. Okay. It says thank you to QPR Podcast, which we no longer are, but they want to know that. <laughs> in all fairness, but it's actually a really really good film. Every QPR fan get the, the Tiger comes in there. Yes, they are, and surprisingly so. I tell you what, that is one of the things that makes you cry. Yeah. Not not for any other reason, but just sitting there seeing how much QPR means to these kids. Yeah. Is. And kind of like, does it matter if you're playing Man U? Does it matter if you're playing Mansfield? This is what the club's about. Absolutely. And they get that across. Always been our strongest so, asset. Sounds like a good version this of the four-year plan. The solution is to just... You should watch both. You should watch the four-year plan first, then watch this right. on DVD. But the solution is just to uh, <laughs> film a documentary while we're, while we're having our season because the four-year plan finished with a promotion and... Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah, so true. you need to get a film crew in. Um, Let's have the I'll QPR QPR podcast, the documentary this season. <laughs> With your rattling. Um, <laughs> Paul, I'll end. Oh, I, I didn't realise I was going to get asked. Um, we thought about not. Yeah, I guess, Go on. 
Um, well, you stole it. Was always a, was it? Oh, did you want to talk about yeah. the story, keep but, Sorry. No, you're right. It's fine. You're ruining my evening as it is. Um, <laughs> I said, joke. not for the first time. Yeah. But Go no, on. The, um, my answer is, is quite simply. I, I actually have to thank Ian Taylor. He's done, he's he's he's. Good I boy, do have to he? thank Ian Taylor because at Stoke what, for me- everything he's done for the club. Not quite yet. Um, it's a long way off. No, my friend's little boy was at Stoke and he's seen some badness at Stoke that shouldn't have happened. I remember that. The remember fans that. Yeah. fighting. Yeah. And to be fair to Ian, he sent him a shirt and um, fully, fully, fully... A really QPR shirt, presumably, signed. not one of Ian Taylor's shirts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's on it tonight, isn't he? I've, I've seen his shirt, you wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. um, but no, seriously, it was, it was such a nice thing to do. And he sent him the shirt, it was signed with a wee letter from the players. Oh. And... You know, that's brilliant because he heard what happened and he did that. So yes. fair play to him for that. And, and to be fair to him, and uh, yeah, well, that, that's great. And if there is anyone who doesn't happen to know who Ian Taylor is, he's the, the, the director of comms or something, communications at the club. He's helped us out a lot. Uh, the last couple of weeks particularly, and tonight, he lined up the uh, Les interview. So I second that. Clive. Yeah. Let's just call this the Ian Taylor podcast. Don't be ridiculous. Let's not. <laughs> Let's not. Um, That's where you go too far. Clive, how, do you, how do you feel about Ian Taylor? Just Jesus Christ! <laughs> no, no, go on. What's your eyes end? I've always got on with it actually. Um, well, like, I'll finish with a question just to ruin your uh, your runtime. But um, having watched Tim Sherwood dancing up and down the touchline, making sure that everybody knew it was all about him oh, on the God. pitch at the end. Two big wins, Villa out the bottom three. We Tim Sherwood one. is king. I would rather get relegated without Tim Sherwood than stay up with him. That's because I think we need... Wrong. I obviously think we need some long-term planning, but I also think we need someone that just represents the club a little bit better than Harry Redknapp and Mark Hughes and Tony Fernandez and all of what's gone on before. Would you, in hindsight, have taken Tim no, Sherwood? I think we dodged one. Yeah. And I think if Villa stay up, it will be despite Tim Sherwood, it's not because of him. Well, Ch- Ch- Charlie Austin's uh, doing a Cheltenham column for uh, a well-known bookmaker. And there is, a how- there, there is a horse running in one of the races this week called Dodged a Bullet, I think. And uh, I'm going to stick a couple of quid on I that agree. just for the crack. I agree. I think it was a, it was a, it was a wrong fit at the wrong time. I just think he's wrong full stop. Yeah, yeah. Chris, don't think get, anyone disagrees with Chris you. Chris Ramsey should be backed, even if we get, get relegated. We've, at some point, we have to have faith in somebody. Mm. Absolutely, yeah. But I said on the last podcast when we were talking about the feel good factor, let's see how we go after a couple of defeats. Mm. We've had a couple of defeats now, and if you look around online, Ramsey's an idiot. We're an idiot. Oh, yeah. Fernandez's an idiot. Everyone's an idiot. We changed manager at the bad time. We should have got Sherwood. We should have got Pure. But sometimes you've got to be brave. As everyone's have a, plan a, everyone's a bloody expert. And, uh, That's, I mean, it's it, no. I, I saw all that stuff. I mean, I saw it on on Awful Words. I saw it in very on Twitter, on various other places. Just these reactionary people. But the, the one thing you take heart from there was there was somebody on your website who posted out how well. Let's have a little think about this and just told it exactly how it was. And I think it got the most likes I've ever seen on your particular website. So I, I think the majority of the fan base uh, are behind this. But you do get the people who like to spout off empty vessels make more noise. That's what my teacher used mm. to tell me. And I think you do get a lot of that. Okay. Wow. Let's yeah. um, see how profound. Let's yeah. finish up with predictions for the Palace game. Total I'm, shit. I'm, I'm kicking. I'm forgetting now the reverse prediction of saying that we'll lose because yeah. that's not worked now. Two podcasts in a row. I will go for... I don't, I, I don't think we'll win. I'll go for a draw. One all. Clive? 
the same as you. I can't see us winning. I don't want to say we'll lose, get, so I'll go for a draw, but I don't think it'll be a win. I, it's all on the Everton game for me. 1-0, QPR. I will take heart, passion and belief, however it comes. So what was the score? I'm not saying. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, this has been the QPR podcast. Thank you for listening. We will be back next Monday. Good night. The QPR podcast is a West 12 Media and Burble Media production. QPR!